Welcome to Crossview Radio, weekly podcast for Wayne County. I'm John Marino, pastor of Crossview Church in Orville. We exist to glorify God by exalting Christ and magnifying the gospel for the joy of all nations. We've seen the following five assumptions that are taught or implied in the public school system. First is that knowledge is neutral. Second is our problem is ignorance. Third is life is an accident. Four is have an open mind. And five is follow your heart. And uh, my plan is that today would be the final and concluding um, false assumption in this short little series. And that is simply this. False assumption number six is egalitarianism is good. Egalitarianism, of course, is a term that very broadly uh, refers to the equality of all humans. Now, you may may be wondering... How could I possibly say that one of society's core values, namely equality, could in any wise be wrong? And that is what I aim to tell you today. We must begin here by establishing the biblical reality that all human beings are of equal worth and of equal value and should be treated as such. Galatians 3.28 says there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Then we have James 2, verses 1 through 4, which says, My brother, show no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. For if a man wearing a gold ring and fine clothing comes into your assembly, and a poor man in shabby clothing also comes in, and if you pay attention to the one who wears the fine clothing and say, You sit here in a good place, while you say to the poor man, You stand over there or sit down at my feet, have you not then made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? You see, it's good and right for Christians to treat every human being as an image bearer of God. Today, we might apply James chapter 2 by saying this, Christian, if Harrison Ford, Tom Hanks, Denzel Washington, or Morgan Freeman walked into your church, you should treat them in exactly the same way that you treat any other visitor, giving them no special treatment, somehow implying that they have more value than the homeless man down the street. The sad reality of human history is that people have been grossly mistreated. Mistreatment and oppression and violence against other humans must always be delivered to a society by undermining human equality. We have to assign different values to different people. Thus, undermining someone's humanity is one of the most popular ways to justify oppression. Just consider some quotes from history. The 1858 Virginia Supreme Court said, "...in the eyes of the law, the slave is not a person." The 1881 American Law Review said an Indian is not a person within the meaning of the Constitution. The 1928 Canada Supreme Court said the meaning of qualified persons does not include women. And again, the 1997 Canada Supreme Court said the law of Canada does not recognize the unborn child as a legal person possessing rights. A very common way of undermining a person's value and equality and worth is by referring to them as a parasite. For instance, 19th century uh, eugenics, uh, in that uh, day and age, they would call the disabled or criminals or drunks or the lazy parasites. Likewise, Nietzsche referred to the sick as parasites, and Hitler himself called the Jews parasites. And today, people refer to the unborn as parasites in order to justify their extermination. Apparently, the lesson to be learned is that as long as we don't call them humans, we don't have to treat them like humans. 
You see, we want to live in a world where personhood is not redefined to exclude certain groups of people in order to justify abuse, oppression, or partiality. Now, if you're still with me at this point, you might be a little bit confused because I told you that there was something sinister about egalitarian doctrine, but it seems like I've been praising it thus far, and so please permit me to elaborate. I want to warn you about a hook hidden inside of your egalitarian sandwich. Egalitarianism, as a doctrine, fails to celebrate the differences and the distinctions and, yes, I'm even going to say this, the discriminations that God has baked into creation. There's a fascinating little dystopian uh, short story called Harrison Bergeron about what life looks like in the year 2081 after ultimate equality was achieved. The story is actually only a few pages long, so you could read it fairly quickly, but I want to read to you the introductory paragraph of that short story. The author writes this, The year was 2081, and everybody was finally equal. They weren't only equal before God and the law. They were equal every which way. Nobody was smarter than anybody else. Nobody was better looking than anybody else. Nobody was stronger or quicker than anybody else. All this equality was due to the 211th, 212th, and 213th Amendments to the Constitution and to the unceasing vigilance of the agents of the United States Handicapper General. And the story, uh, this short story, goes on to tell how beautiful people had to wear masks to conceal their beauty, strong people had to wear bags filled with lead balls around their necks, and smart people had to wear what they called mental handicap radios in their ears. You see, it is good that we fight for equal value and equal worth. But outside of this, we have unequal skills, unequal intellect, unequal physical strength, and unequal interests. And beyond this, the Bible teaches unequivocally that men and women are created not only with different roles, but different natures as well. Men and women are not the same. They are different, and they are equipped differently for different tasks, responsibilities, and roles. And so when someone advocates for equality, I want to ask them what they're referring to. If they're saying that everyone is of equal value and equal worth and should be treated without partiality, then I think we ought to support that. If, on the other hand, someone is advocating for removing creation distinctions and divinely ordained differences, then we must, as Christians, be opposed to it. Just consider the parable of the Ten Talents. In Matthew uh, 25, Jesus tells a parable where a man goes on a journey and he gives one servant five talents, a second servant gets two talents, and the third servant gets one talent. And of course, you know the story. The the first earns five more, and so now he has ten, and he's commended by the master. The second earns two more and now has four and is commended by the master. And the third servant buries his in the ground and is rebuked by the master, and his lone talent is taken away from him and given to the servant with ten talents. God does not give to all equally, and the Jews used to call God the great discriminator for this reason and because God created distinctions uh, in creation. He made uh, certain kinds of discrimination. The sun is not the moon, the stars uh, is not the sky, the water is not the land, and so on and so forth. One might consider 1 Samuel 2 and verse 7 that says, The Lord makes poor and makes rich. He brings low and he exalts. This verse is a blow to egalitarian doctrine, and an even greater blow to egalitarian doctrine is the distinctions between men and women in Scripture, at least in our current cultural moment. 
It's important to note that when we're talking about distinctions between men and women, we're not talking merely about the differences in roles, but also the differences in design. The androgynous values of secular culture fail to recognize these distinctions. When we say differences in design, what we mean is that men and women are created and wired differently by God so that they each uniquely are equipped to do the tasks God has called them to do. Our homes, our churches, and our government, according to Scripture, must be male-led. God has called men to this task, and He has equipped men by their natures to be able to function in this task. Women, likewise, are called in Titus 2 to be keepers at home. And in order to fulfill this task, women have been equipped by their natures to be able to function in this role. As uh, regards to their value and worth, men and women are equal, but in their natures, their roles, their skills, their dispositions, their interests, men and women are not equal. This does not imply inferiority, for it is possible, even though modern culture cannot see this, that two people can be unequal in ability and yet equal in worth. In 1 Peter 3, 7, We read, likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. Anyone who does not believe 1 Peter 3, 7 needs to just go watch some of the biological males dominating women's sports. We are different. There is a difference. Some, uh, of course, uh, apologetic complementarians would like to insert a bunch of caveats and exceptions and excuses, but why be ashamed of Scripture? Why be ashamed of what the Word of God says? Why does it hurt so much to just say that men and women are different? Everybody knows it. We might as well acknowledge it. The difference between men and women also translates in Scripture to a difference in dress. Consider Deuteronomy 22.5 that says, A woman shall not wear a man's garment, nor shall a man put on a woman's cloak. For whoever does these things is an abomination to the Lord your God. Egalitarianism, of course, despises these passages. But to destroy these divinely created distinctions is to have a trickle-down effect so that society itself is destroyed, that society suffers, that individuals within that society suffer. Just consider Rush Juni, who said the following, quote, equality, in the, it, equality is the modern form of slavery because it is an instrument whereby all institutions, families, and religious authorities are eroded and destroyed. The egalitarian state stresses destructive and erosive freedoms, such as sexual license, abortion, homosexuality, euthanasia, drugs, and more as a mean of eroding the positive social forces such as family and church. Such a state presents itself as the champion of liberty because it enhances individual responsibility, whereas true freedom means responsibility and accountability, end quote. And we can see, of course, how this is certainly the case in our culture today. In the name of equality, we have set fire to society, to families, to churches, and to people. You see, egalitarianism teaches us that our perceptions of reality are all equally true, that our views of truth are all equally true, that our different morals are all equally true, that our different cultures and societies are all equally true. Egalitarianism likewise teaches us that authority and distinctions are bad. These secular egalitarian values are seeds of destruction that's caused the collapse of our society. 
The Lord has freed us in Christ to cherish and to love the distinctions and to celebrate the distinctions that he has baked into culture. Men are not women and women are not men, and I'm glad for it. Uh, Just like every other aspect of creation is different. Dogs are not mountains, butterflies are not frogs, and dirt is not the sky. It's all different. There are distinctions in creation. Not everybody makes the same salary. Not everyone has the same skills. Not everyone has the same intellect. Not everyone has the same physical strength. Not everyone can equally lead people. And these differences are okay, and they are good, and they are given by God. There's no reason to be soft on this. There's no reason to permit the world's philosophy to influence us here. Stick with Scripture. It's sufficient. Thanks for listening to Crossview Radio. I'm John Marino, pastor of Crossview Church in Orville. We meet Sundays at 10 a.m. To find out more about Crossview Church, visit us online at crossvieworville.com. 